All righty, week two is done, and it's fair to say, oh, we've had a mixed bag. The week two preview went off uh, without a hitch, but I tell you what, the results, oh boy, oh boy, do we have plenty to get stuck in. The boys are here, the group is here, Smithy's here, a man who thinks TikTok is the Kesha song. How are you, mate? Uh, yeah, feeling old, um, it's fair to say. Yeah, he's still looking good, mate, so that's fine. The People's Prince is here, the kind of man that if he was asked to spell Mississippi, he'd ask if he was the river or the state. How are you, mate? Is a river? No, well, they spelt the same, mate. That's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic start. Yeah, and, as, good to be here. and as always, I'm Daz, and my missus was so excited when I told her I was six foot two inches until she realized they were two different measurements. So sucked in her. Um, <laughs> all right, fellas, week one was worth the wait, and week two was a brain aneurysm because what the hell happened? Smithy, you start. What was your key takeaway? Uh, that my certs have not got off to a good start. That was my yeah, key we'll, takeaway. Yeah, we'll um, get into that. Yeah, so goodness yeah, me, hasn't, hasn't been a great start. It's been slightly unpredictable, but overall, in the tipping, I did well. I think a few of the lines just uh stuffed me up a little bit, but we'll bounce back. You will, mate. It's a 17 week season. We look forward to it. Uh, TD, your key takeaway, mate? Probably injuries. There's a lot of injuries this week, and yeah, some. Not too many that were season ending, but um, yeah, it always sucks when there's injuries around. Yeah, absolutely. Baltimore was smart. They had all their injuries out of the way in week one after playing their starters. And That's now they'll fly through. So they're going well. Um, my key takeaway is uh, fans overreact a lot, whether your team's won or lost. Um, we'll get into my deplorable Dolphins in a minute. But the uh, the teams that are 2-0 and apparently are going to play in the Super Bowl. The teams that are 0-2 are all disgustingly bad and everything in between. So I look forward to getting into that. Before we do, Smithy, we all kept an eye on a top 10, uh, sorry, our first round rookies uh, in last year's draft in our rookie watch. How did we go? Yeah, uh, dazzling again. Yeah, uh, it was Not a lot of surprise again. there. And it wasn't looking good for you. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> the Penguin, despite being in... A fair to say a terrible uh, game script there in Miami was actually putting up some good numbers, but Jamar Chase put up a touchdown late in the Cincinnati Bengals game and that touchdown got him over the line. So he ended up with the three votes. Uh, The Penguin ended up with the two votes, couldn't capitalize and get into the end zone this week, uh, but had a pretty good all round game and, TD's man, Devontae Smith, was nowhere to be seen at home yeah. against the Niners. So he well, gets luckily to get a vote, I would have thought. Yeah, I'll, he's I'll, got to get I'll, better than that. I was thinking of giving it a 0. <laughs> 0.5, but uh, yeah. it doesn't doesn't match the system. Yeah, so it's a bit like TD at the moment. We need a lift and we'll get it out of the big fella. So that gets us to the leaderboard. Jamar Chase has got the three votes in both games. So he's on six. And the Penguin and Devontae Smith uh, shuffled themselves around. So they are on three. And uh, Dazzling Dominating, and we'll get into the tips too in just a sec, because Dazzling Dominating is going to be a theme throughout this show, let me tell you. Let's go into the fantasy recap. This is the part of the show where Dazzling was fucking deplorable. Uh, I ended up with the second lowest score on the roster, still 37 more than the lowest score in our league. Shout out to Tom there, who's having an absolute shock and start, <laughs> which which I'm grateful for. I ended up under 100, actually, with 98.3 and a huge loss. Uh, my hero, Austin Eckler, rebounded wonderfully with over 22. I know Brady was amazing again, but it can't all be about TB12. 
And my villain, Smitty, I'll get you to jump in next because you facilitated something beautiful with this man. But uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, was on five at three-quarter time, which wasn't helping me. And then he decided, cop this dazzling. I'm going to go for minus 3.4 in the last quarter to end up with 1.6. And it's fair to say I wasn't happy about it, mate. Yeah, uh, tough timing for you. It was his first fumble in his NFL career, so uh, he really didn't help you out there. But Daz wasn't happy with the man, and I looked at him and I thought, you know what, I've got two really good running backs. A third running back with home run potential would be lovely. And I was looking for Javante Williams, but uh, his manager wasn't quite budging, so I thought, why don't I get Dazzling in here and facilitate a little three-team trade? So, stay with me because it could take a while. I received Brandon Ayuk, LaVisca Chenault, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Jamal Williams, Justin Jefferson, Jayla Model, and Trey Sermon. Uh, one of the managers, Ty, gets Jefferson and Sermon from me and gives up Ayuk, LaVisca Chenault, and Javonte Williams. And Dazzling gets Jamal Williams, Jalen Model, and Javonte Williams for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So... Massive three-team trade orchestrated by yours truly. You have to get yourself in there. <laughs> yeah, had to. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, TD, you weren't involved in this trade. So before we get to your team's performance, how do you rate that three-way trade by the man who's christened himself the king of three-way trades? Yeah, it was pretty good, and that's coming from the king of three-ways. So, um... <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> That, yeah, yeah it was, that was I'm really glad we're on Zoom. That's all I can say. <laughs> 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 oh, this is good podcasting. All right. Um, yeah, so you've done well there, Smithy. We'll get back on track, I'm sure. Uh, TD, lead us in, mate. How did your team go? Who was your hero? Who was your villain? Yeah, we got the win this week. Uh, it didn't look like it at times, but the, I'll start with the villain. It's, it's going to be – I'm going to put myself as the villain, actually, because – Oh, boy. I started Wentz ahead of Winston last week, uh, and that was wrong. So I swapped him up this week and started Winston <laughs> over Wentz, and and that was wrong too. So I'll be my own villain here. Luckily, it didn't cost me. But, um, yeah, the, the hero of the week for me was Marquise Brown. He scored 23.3. I needed a good performance from him, and, and he overachieved. Yeah, beautiful. Love it. Uh, Smithy, how did you go, mate? And there is a big rivalry coming up this week. Yeah, I pulled off one of the most unlikely fantasy victories of all time. Um, yeah, this was messed up. <laughs> so coming into today's game, I was down by 36 points. Uh, I was getting smashed, pantsed, whatever you want to say. Uh, I actually facilitated a trade for Aaron Jones uh, yesterday before this day. Uh, before the game today and was able to start him because I had Jamal Williams originally in the spot. So I could swap them out and Aaron Jones did what he did today and scored 41.5 and I ended up winning by five points. So unheard of. I had 153.4. Aaron Jones is obviously my hero, just a ridiculous performance. 41.5 points. Insane. My villain is going to be Jonu Smith. Um, and I was tossing up between him and Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow was so poor that I traded him straight away. But uh, John U. Smith, I was really high on him coming into the year. I waited on tight end, passed on people like Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle because I wanted John U. Smith, and he hasn't produced yet. So 
need a lift out of him at tight end. And uh, me and you, mate, we've got the uh, the bloodbath, the blood, yeah, bloodbath of a contest coming up this week. Now, you've got Justin Fields as your second quarterback, who's going to be the starter, which means your projection is a little bit down. But let's give the listeners an insight into the arrogance that one of us is going to have this time next week. Yeah, I think the loser is going to be away on a personal matter uh, <laughs> because it could be a uh, could be a bit of a scathing review of the game by the winner just to rub it in. So it'll be very interesting to see how we go. Yeah, I've got to go look for the uh, – well, one of us will have to go look for their goldfish, mate, who uh, stole our skateboard. So that that might take up some of our time. All right, so Smithy's on a high, and let's bring him down to earth because for the last God knows how long, both on this podcast and in personal conversations, this man has given Colin Cowherd a, uh, well, let's face it, a truckload of shit for his opinions, his takes, and the fact that this man can get paid a million dollars for every incorrect take that he's ever had in his career. And let me tell you, the man can retire now because of it. Smithy decided to take him on in the Smithy Certs versus Blazing Five. Collins delivered up two performances of two from five, which is pitiful. He's making his kids eat ramen. It's not okay. It's not right. Smithy opened up with a two out of five, and I'm sure you've gone better, mate. I'm sure you have. You've dominated. How'd you go? One out of five. <laughs> not good. But not good. There are gen- there are genuine excuses here. There, genuine oh, excuses. Okay. Before you get into that, TD, do you think the listeners who are putting their houses on this because they are trusting our man, surely they should be asking for refunds? Yeah, it's not great advice from him. No. One out of five. Goodness me. That's at Hear least Colin's kids can eat. Hear me out here. So, <laughs> everyone... Every man and their dog was saying that the Chargers would beat Dallas at home because they had everything go their way. Everything was on their side. They committed 12 penalties for 100 yards. They had two touchdowns taken away because of refereeing. It, it was just terrible. It was terrible to watch. Justin Herbert threw one of the worst interceptions of the year in his own end zone, threw it to a, a zero on four. There was not even a receiver in the area. And it was an easy pick. Just terrible, terrible offensive line play. So many holding penalties that cost them. There's no way that the Chargers should have lost that game. Second of all, the Kansas City Chiefs. Only I could jinx Patrick Mahomes into doing three things. Losing his first game in September of his career. Throwing his first interception in September for his career. And losing to Lamar Jackson for the first time in his career. (laughs) Never done any of those things before yesterday. The one day that I needed him to produce. <laughs> Give me a spell, Patrick. And then I had the Cardinals minus three and a half. Oh, boy. Look, in fairness, they should have lost the game, so I shouldn't be complaining. But <laughs> you're going to. <laughs> Kyler Murray, despite how good he was, made some boneheaded plays, including a pick six that uh, royally screwed the spread. And the Cardinals secondary. God, they were just awful. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, I blame myself for this one because why yeah. did I trust them? Yeah, correct. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's it. So, Smithy, on behalf of myself, TD, and all of the TDs and threes listeners, we don't expect better. We're demanding it next week. You need yeah, a good uh, look at things. 
I've got some time to uh, adjust and rebound, so uh, expect a better version of me on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. You're only down one, and we expect Smithy to either break even or get on top of uh, of Colin because, let's face it, Smithy's got to have to deal with me, and I don't recommend that to anyone. So let's get stuck into this. I reckon before we get stuck into the games, just quickly, let's review how our tips went for two reasons. One, because Dazzling legitimately took the piss. And number two, uh, TD, um, you only got one more right than the guy in our league that didn't tip. <laughs> Explain yourself, please. That was me, wasn't it? I didn't think I did my tips this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did them. Yeah. Has someone been hacking the app? <laughs> the app has been having some trouble lately, so uh, maybe. Why would I tip the Giants and the Vikings? You <laughs> <laughs> lost by a combined two points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were unlucky uh, in fairness. But, no, no, uh, we're not here for excuses. No, no you well, had I, your time. He had, he had eight of 16, so yeah. shooting at 50%. That's poor. Now, Smithy, we expected better. Last time we expected better from you was with the tipping and you produced. Yeah. Yeah, 11 of 16 this week. Um, again, the Eagles let me down. No one expected the Steelers to lose. Uh, no one really expected the Seahawks to lose except for the man who we will get on to as well as the Chargers and Chiefs. They were pretty straightforward picks. So uh, the Eagles was a mistake, but the others uh, genuinely surprised me. How about them Titans? Dazzling 12 out of 16. I'm only supposed to be here for the humor, fellas, and to be the bridge between the analysis and the laughs. And you guys are getting pantsed right now because I am three ahead of Smithy and I am four ahead of the people's prints. Now you guys are here for the expert analysis and that's what we expect, but the tipping's got to improve fellas. We got to go to another level. Let's get stuck into the games and Thursday night produced another absolute belter. We are two for two Washington and New York. Washington took the points 30 to 29, but the question that I've got for you TD, since you previewed and are now going to review, did the Washington football win uh, team win in the face of defeat or did the giants lose in the face of victory? Uh, I think it's pretty clear that the Giants lost this one. They had a chance to end the game in the fourth quarter with just over six minutes left when Darius Slayton dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. Um, It was a tough catch, but the better receivers, they make them. Um, It would have given them a 10-point lead. New York had to settle for a field goal a few plays later. Um, They took the ball back from Washington with just over two minutes remaining after a horrible read from Taylor Heineke which resulted in an interception that gave the Giants the ball inside the red zone. Uh, Some extremely conservative and questionable play calls resulted in a New York field goal and gave Washington a chance to win with less than two minutes remaining. Uh, Once again, some really conservative play calling on defense from the Giants. Um, I I really would have loved to see a little bit bit more aggression from them um, and not just give Washington free yards walking down the field. Uh, gave them a field goal opportunity for the win. Dustin Hopkins made the game winner. Well, actually, <laughs> the first attempt went wide right um, and the Giants were offside. Inexcusable. Um, you win the game and it comes back on a penalty. You give them another shot and he made no mistake the second time. Uh, it was a very important win for the football team. They couldn't afford to drop to 0-2 and, and they did just enough to get the win. Taylor Heineke played better than I thought he would. Uh, apart from that nasty interception late in the game. Uh, it's definitely easier 
when you've got Terry McLaurin to throw to. He had 11 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Giants struggled to get any pressure on Tyler Heineke. Uh, it certainly was a reason as to why he was so effective in this game, I thought. Daniel Jones was given plenty of room to run. He carried the ball for just under 100 yards. Um, second straight week, he's led the team in rushing. And the football team did really well containing Saquon Barkley, who uh, went 12 rushes for 16 yards if you take away the 41-yard rush that he had in the game. Uh, Sterling Shepard played another good game for the Giants. He had nine catches, 94 yards, and uh, they're going to be desperate to get their first win of the season next week um, at home against the Falcons. Yeah, they've got a really good opportunity there. Now, Smithy, you have been alone on the Washington Island. I'm not sure if a performance like that is going to get too many joining you, but are you feeling a bit more comfortable there, even though this Washington defense gave up 29 points to a team not many people are thinking are going to be a playoff team? Yeah, look, I'm glad the Washington football team got away with the win here and me and you could get one over TD, but... I was really expecting their defense to dominate the game and they simply didn't. Uh, It was literally a case of whoever had the ball last would win in the end. And luckily for Washington, it was them. Uh, Also, shout out to Taylor Heineke. Uh, He played awesome, I thought, apart from that interception and um, deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, Eight months ago, he was doing uh, mathematical tests at a college in order to do a change of career because he didn't think he would last in the NFL. And now he's starting for a team that may be a playoff side. So a good win for Washington there and New York. Don't sit tight. I reckon you might be featuring a little bit later in the show as well. Smithy, let's get on to your first game, mate. The Bears and the Bengals. The Bears took out a 20 to 17 win. Uh, Joe Burrow wasn't fantastic, but what did we learn about the Bears, mate? Is your opinion changed on them at all, or did they just take the win and run with it? I think we learned that their defense isn't finished just yet. Uh, It's always been the strength of Chicago and was rightfully being questioned after week one, but they bounced back. Uh, The Bears did me well, and my upset, one of my upset picks got over the line, which was good. Uh, it was a pretty slow offensive start all around with the only points of the first half coming thanks to an Allen Robinson TD. Add on to that, only one field goal in the third quarter and it was looking to be a real snooze fest. Uh, however, a non-contact knee injury to Andy Dalton met my man, Justin Fields, was injected into the game. And for both good and bad reasons, it injected life. Uh, overall, Fields was just okay. Uh He went 6 of 13 for 60 yards and threw an absolutely egregious interception that led the Bengals back into the game. But he also secured the win with a fantastic first down scramble late. So a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, He will get some time to settle into NFL football over the coming weeks, uh, assuming that Andy Dalton's injury will leave him on the sideline. For the Bengals... It was a bit of an offensive nightmare, which comes back to the answer to your question. They had four takeaways in the second half, the Bears, including three interceptions in three consecutive throws by Burrow, which was pretty damning. Uh, the Bears did what the Vikings couldn't do last week and put some serious heat on Burrow while playing in a negative game script, forcing him to throw the ball. On top of the four takeaways, the Bears defense also had four sacks and six tackles for loss and were effectively the difference in the game. Uh, The Bengals came back to earth here, and the Bears become a whole lot more entertaining. Bring on the Justin Fields era. 
Yeah. yeah, you were only off by six quarters, mate, when it comes to Justin Fields starting, which is a lot closer than what most experts picked. So I'll give you that one. TD, quick question for you, mate. In, I mean, the sports media are going to focus on uh, the superstars. What does the NFL superstars have in common? Most of them are quarterbacks. If you're a casual fan that listen to the media, that's all they talk about. Can we give Joe Mixon some love? Because he has started the year on fire. Yeah, he's had plenty of the ball. He had nearly um, 30 carries in the first game, and he, he had 20-plus in this one. Um, he's getting through a lot of work, and I, I, I said last week it's not it's not very sustainable, but may as well use him while you can. Um, yeah, in this one, I thought the, the Bears looked a lot better than they did in week one, uh, especially on defense, like Smithy said. Uh, Roquan Smith was the best of the bunch. He had eight tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, and one interception that he returned for a touchdown. Uh, the offense for the Bears couldn't really get going, um, maybe because it was Dalton at QB, then Fields, then Dalton again, then back to Fields. Um, but Chicago only managed 206 total yards. Um, and like Smith, he said, Justin Fields did a few nice things. Uh, he looked like a threat running the ball. Uh, he made a couple of errors as well. Uh, but I was really impressed with Darnell Mooney. Uh, from the Bears, he was the only Bears receiver to have only over two receptions, and he totaled 66 yards. So, yeah, I liked the play of Darnell Mooney in this one. Beautiful. Love it. And a good win for the Bears as well. Let's move on. TD, you're in fine form. The Rams and the Colts, one of the first games that you picked when you uh, got to pick what games that you would do, and Smithy's won that right for week two. Can't wait uh, for him to get stuck into them. Uh, at the end of the show, but the Rams and the Colts, this was a beauty actually, and kind of went under the radar again for all those casual fans out there who only get snippets of sports media, but a 27 to 24 win for the Rams. And the real question, the Aussie question, how many beers did LA owe Cooper cup? Cause he was outstanding. Yeah. Plenty of beers. I think. Yeah. I think all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All of the beers here. He bailed them out in this one, to be honest. Um, and was probably the difference on the day. He went for uh, nine catches for 163 yards and two touchdowns, uh, and he's clearly cemented himself as Matthew Stafford's favorite weapon. Uh, Cup was one player I was very high on this season with his new QB pairing, and so far he's exceeded expectations. Uh, the Rams were able to get consistent gains rushing the ball, which was a good sign after last week um, that they can be more balanced if they need to be. It was kind of a funny game. Felt like Los Angeles were going to run away with it after the Daryl Henderson touchdown in the first drive of the second half. They went up 17-6. The Colts were determined to fight back. Uh, They took their next drive for a touchdown and then recovered a fumble for a touchdown where the long snapper hit the Rams player who hadn't moved far enough over for the punt. Um, And just like that, the Colts were in front 17-21 after just a few minutes. Uh, they couldn't contain Cooper Cup on the following drive. He had two catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and Los Angeles never trailed again after that. Um, and they hang on to improve to 2-0. and uh, The issue for the Colts was finishing drives. They had four red zone possessions and only managed one touchdown. Uh, two occasions, they had the ball inside the five-yard line and couldn't get it into the end zone. Uh, one of them occasions, they had first and goal at the one, and Jonathan Taylor was held out three times before... Carson Wentz got sacked on fourth down. Uh, heaps of credit should go to the Rams' D-line for holding them out in that, that situation. It's not easy to – four plays in a row, and they, all they needed was a yard, so they did well there. Uh, Carson Wentz made some nice plays, um, but took some big sacks in critical situations, and he threw a horrible interception 
uh, right near the goal line on a shovel pass that should never have left his hands. Uh, he left the game late in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury, which is not good news for the Colts, who are 0-2 and have to be pretty frustrated, I'd say, um, after they shifted all the momentum in this game and then they were unable to finish the job. Yeah, beautiful. I like it. Smithy, do you think the Colts' year is on the line next week? They've got Tennessee. I think they're on the road. So they go to 0-3. It's pretty much done, isn't it? It's hard to come back for from, but I was a lot lower on the Colts than a lot of people. And my season projected of projection of them going six and eleven was probably my most critiqued prediction out of them all. But this is why uh, their defense isn't as potent as last year, which has been obvious in the first two weeks. And Carson Wentz's injury history isn't going anywhere. Um, both of those points were proved in this one. And uh, yeah, if they go zero and three, it's going to be tough to come back from that. Yeah, and they've got my Dolphins in uh, week four as well. So they'll at least be one and three. So you got something to smile about, Colts fans. All right, Smithy, you're on a roll, mate. Now, this was Daz's lock. And let me tell you, didn't I cop some criticism, not just from some fans, uh, but from our own social media advisor in Smithy here, gave me a nice cheeky little drive-by on the uh, on the socials. So if you haven't checked it out, feel free to do so. TDs and Threes podcast on Facebook and Twitter and TDs and Threes underscore podcast on Instagram because, oh, boy, did the big fella go whack. But the Browns got it done for me, mate, 31-21. But the man that I want to talk about is Baker Mayfield because his efficiency for mine went underrated in this game because he went 19 for 21. And sure, he had an interception, but he went 19 for 21 in a win. Is it really harsh to criticize the guy? Uh, you know this, Daz. Yep. When something is expected, it never gets recognized. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone expected fair, but... Baker and... Everyone expected Baker and the Browns to come out and cook the Texans. They only won by 10, but Baker did his part, as you said, going 19 for 21 for 213 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, the Browns' defense didn't impress me this game. Before the Tyrod Taylor hamstring injury, the score was 14-all, and the Texans were rolling offensively. The Browns' defensive front weren't able to get any pressure up front on the Texans' QB, registering only one sack for the game. And going off the stats, I'm about to tell you guys, you'll see how comfortable the QBs were in the pocket. Uh, Mahomes 2.0 was 10 for 11 for 125 yards and a TD, as well as a 15-yard TD run, which resulted in the injury. After that moment, things went downhill for Houston with rookie Davis Mills taking over. If Tyrod doesn't get hurt and continues this game, I think it's fair to assume it would have, been, it would have gone down to the wire. Uh, offensively, apart from the interception from Baker, Cleveland were nearly flawless. Baker threw one other incomplete pass. Nick Chubb had 95 yards at 8.6 yards per carry and a TD, and they moved the ball when they had to. Without Odell, they lost Jarvis Landry to a knee injury, which left the wide receiver group skinny. But it was a good job to get through the game as efficiently as they did. Uh, the Browns did what they had to do, and the projected doom of the Texans could be here with no Ty God Taylor. <laughs> there it is. So I like it. Yeah, the, I mean, the Browns did what they had to do. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's not a game that's going to be spoken about a lot in the uh, in the week two time slot. But the Browns fans, they'll, um, they'll take what they can get. And I mean that in a positive sense. If your team's winning, you don't really have a lot to complain about. Now, TD, on a poll that I saw on Twitter today, apologies to the person who had released it because... I didn't catch your name. It had over 4,000 votes. 81% of them said that the Texans wouldn't win another game for the year. Do you subscribe to that theory? 
I don't know. I haven't really looked at their schedule, but the way they're playing, um, they've really surprised a lot of people, uh, including me. Um, it's hard without looking at a schedule, but it's hard to not win a game. And, and I think they'll find a win somewhere. Mm. Um, well, they won last week, but I'm, I'm sure they'll find another win. Uh, that they're going to need a better quarterback than than Mills, though. I think if they can get Tyrod back, they'll they'll be able to find a win somewhere. Um, and yeah. Smithy was right. The Browns just got the job done. That's all they had to do. And Nick Chubb was impressive, um, like he always is. He got just under 100 yards on only 11 carries, which felt a bit weird uh, in a game that Cleveland led for the most part. Um, and, yeah, as you, as you both said, Baker was extremely efficient. He only threw two incompletions for the whole game. And the Browns get their first win. So, yeah, the Browns win, and that's all that matters. Yeah, that's it. Let's move on. Oh, actually, Smithy, in a word, do the Texans win another game? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. 81%. That was just, it took my, uh, almost took my uh, breath away there. It was a bit harsh on the Texans. However, uh, one of Smithy's certs that went sideways, the Eagles fell to the Niners 17-11 in a little bit of a scrap, which inspires my question to you, TD. Does sometimes you just say, phew, we got the win and then move on? Or did you see concerning signs from either side? Yeah, yeah, I think you do just say we got the win and move on, uh, especially this early in the season. Uh, San Fran will be pretty happy to end a two-game road trip with two wins, and they can move their attention to their home opener against the Packers in just under a week's time, which will be pretty exciting. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was good without being great, um, but did what was required, which is all he's going to do, really. He's not going to stand out, but he's just going to do enough to get them to win in games like this. Uh, Debo Samuel stayed hot, had six catches for 93 yards. Uh, but there, was, there wasn't much production from any of their other wide receivers. Uh, I was shocked that George Kittle didn't play a bigger role in this game. I said last week I thought he would um, have a big role in this game, and he, he just didn't. Um, he was kept pretty quiet, four catches, 17 yards. Uh, I'll double down and say that he'll feature a lot next week. Um, and I'll just I'll just keep going until he does. <laughs> he better. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think he'll have a good game next week. Um, but Nick Bose was great on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers. He collected two sacks and a tackle for a loss. Uh, and the Niners' defense did a great job over- overall to keep the Eagles to 11 points and under 200 yards passing. Uh, they allowed Philadelphia back in this game, though. Um, giving up 151 yards on the ground. 82 of those were to Hertz, who always seems to find room to run. Uh, he only completed 12 passes and no receiving option had more than two catches. Uh, that's including Quez Watkins, who had 117 yards on two catches, thanks to a 91-yard pass uh, from Hertz that set the Eagles up inside the Niners' 10-yard line. Uh, unfortunately, Philadelphia couldn't turn it into points um, and San Francisco took the lead after a 12-play, 97-yard touchdown drive, which was the difference in this game. Uh, Coming into the season, I had doubts about this Eagles team. Uh, They've proved me wrong so far in this season. Uh, They're going to play the Cowboys on Monday Night Football in Week 3, which will be exciting. But looking over the Cowboys' schedule before the season, I would have penciled that in as a win. Um, But, yeah, they've they've done really well this year, and and it should be a good game. I I wouldn't rule them out uh, next week. Uh, the 49ers, I still don't know how I feel about them this season. They're certainly not the same team from last year, but I don't think they're close to that Super Bowl team of 2019 either. So next week's a big game for them. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. And that leads me into my little question for Smithy here because you had them picked as a Super Bowl team, mate. Um, it's fair to say that your preseason predictions, maybe we're only bringing up the ones that are questionable, but how are you feeling about that one? Uh, it's a long season. Um, <laughs> the, the injuries haven't hurt. Uh, they well, have hurt, hurt, sorry. Hurt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've hurt. Um, but yeah, it's a long season. We'll, we'll see how they go. They're, look, they're 2-0, so... They're doing what they have to do at the moment. But my question to myself is, why did I trust the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, why um, did you? My goodness, this was painful <laughs> to watch at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, As everything opposed to was 3 a.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, everything was on their side um, coming into the game, but they still couldn't get the job done. It was a gutsy win by San Fran, and their defense stood up without Jason Verrett. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles... Oh, goodness me. Well, I got to save myself an apology, but I'll tell you what, the Dolphins uh, did not save Daz from a world of hurt when we took on Buffalo. And it was a, uh, when I heard that the Bills had scored 35, I went, oh no, the defense hasn't stood up at all. I wonder how many uh, points we got on them. Uh, And the answer was zero big fat donut, nothing. 35 nil Bills win. That makes it 91 to 26 in the last two games or 122 to 54 in the last three, which is just frightening. So, Smithy, my question to you, my friend, are the Finns now the Bills bunnies? I think there were some extreme circumstances in this one, so I won't say that yet. But, Daz, uh, look, you're doing a great job steering the ship again, and uh, it's fair to say we'd be lost without you, but... I suggest uh, maybe leaving the room for a few minutes <laughs> while I go over this one. No, no. Because, you know what? Uh, Here's what needs to happen, right? Because if I, if the Dolphins had have won 35 nil, and it wouldn't have been against the Bills, but I'm not going to pick a team because I'll offend some fan base. It would be, I would be gloating. I would be up and about. I'd be, you know, shaking my fists and going off. So, you know what? I'm going to be, unlike the Dolphins fans on Twitter who are irrational, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to cop it because it wasn't good enough. So take it away. Oh boy, this is gonna hurt. Yeah, this was a shit show for Miami, and uh, <laughs> that's a great and lead in. No lube required, no, just go for yeah, it. Yeah, there's no other way around it. Uh, Tua was injured on the Dolphins' second drive, and it was the beginning of the end. Uh, Jacoby Brissett came into the game and went 24 for 40 for 169 yards and then and a pick. The offense couldn't get anything going, and with the game script being negative, it was hard for them to establish a run game with only 16 rushing attempts from running backs. The Bills' defense did a good job forcing and recovering a fumble, getting an interception and sacking the QB six times. They forced a shutout, which ended up being the Bills' franchise record for largest shutout win since week three, 1992. So their largest shutout win for 30 years. The offense wasn't required to be anything, but it was better than last week. Josh Allen made a few very nice throws for TDs to Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox, but was still far from his 2020 form. Uh, the running backs had a fun second half thanks to the huge lead with Devin Singletary having 13 rushes for 82 yards and a TD. And Zach Moss chimed in for eight runs, 26 yards and two touchdowns. It was an absolutely brutal day for the Dolphins. And who knows how long two will be out for. But for our host's sake, I hope it's not too long. I appreciate that, mate. And it genuinely was a shit show. And I feel like one of those guys that when their house burns down, they can say at least he's got his photo album because at least the Finns have got Xavier Howard. So 
we've we've got one thing to hang on to, but uh, the rest of it, oh boy. Now, TD, my question for you, my friend, if you had to uh, to pick between Walmart and Target, where should the uh, Finns O line line up next Saturday? Because it ain't going to be it ain't going to be on the field. I can tell you that much. Unfortunately for you, Daz, I think it will be on the field. Oh, Jesus. Uh, it's just a disappointing result for your boys. Um, but it makes it makes the game last week um, so much better. Able to pull off a win against the Patriots. At least you're one and one. If you lost that game, you'd be 0-2 and, and you'd be feeling so much worse. So you got the win last week and at least you can say that you're one and one. Yeah, and one of the positives, I mean, in a way, is if things are going to go wrong in a game, you'd rather everything go wrong so you can push the full reset button and go again. What a game against the Raiders it's going to be. Uh, the Raiders will get into them uh, actually right now because, TD, you need to own up to this because you had the number one pick when it came to the search. You had everything to choose from, and you went with a nine-point loss to the Steelers who fell 26-17 to the Raiders. But before we give you uh, the shit that you deserve for that, at what point do we sit up and give Derek Carr the credit he deserves? Because there's an argument to say he's top three in the MVP right now, even though it is only week two. Yeah, I think he deserves his credit right now. Um, he's on fire to start the season, uh, and he definitely deserves more credit than I see him getting. He leads the NFL in pass yards with 817 and has steered the Raiders to a 2-0 and record uh, with two unlikely wins against the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, unfortunately, as you said, I locked up the Steelers, um, which was due to the fact that they were playing at home and on paper they matched up really well with the Raiders, uh, at least on defense. The offense struggled to get going for Pittsburgh. Their first three drives were punt, interception, turnover on downs, uh, which is never great. Las Vegas had a 9-7 lead at halftime and they led for the remainder of the game. You just felt like the Steelers would be able to turn it on in the second half, uh, but they just couldn't. And plenty of credit should go to this Raiders defense who were able to make some key stops when Pittsburgh were driving. Najee Harris scored his first NFL touchdown on a pretty simple route uh, in which he used his speed to brush off the defender and beat the safety to the end zone. Uh, That's where I kind of thought, okay, maybe the Steelers run over the top here. Uh, But Las Vegas showed they aren't the same team for previous years. And they replied with a five-play, 75-yard touchdown drive uh, that was capped off with a beautiful rainbow pass from Derek Carr who just threw it up and let Henry Ruggs uh, use his speed to run onto it and take it to the house. Uh, It was why they drafted him so high last year, Um, and hopefully it's a bit of a confidence boost for someone who has struggled to live up to some unfair expectations that come with being a first-round wide receiver. Uh, The issue with the Steelers is their offensive line. They allowed 10 quarterback hits and two sacks, and they struggled to create space for Najee Harris, who struggled on the ground, managing only, only 38 of the Steelers' 39 rushing yards on the day. Uh, which just isn't good enough for Pittsburgh, a team that prides themselves on their O-line and run game. Uh, Their defense is going to keep them in games like this, but their offense needs to be more productive, and that starts with the O-line. Yeah, it definitely does. Smithy, um, I know that it's going to seem like I'm talking about him a lot, but if I don't, no one else will. Is Derek Carr the third best uh, quarterback to start the – or is he in the top three? Can you see three quarterbacks that have been better? I know Brady and Kyler are going to be the two – that get brought up, but I don't see anyone taking his spot in the top three. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, I think you can definitely put Brady and Kyler ahead of him. Hmm. I think it's a bit of a toss-up between um, Stafford and Carr for the third spot. Hmm. I think Stafford hasn't done a lot wrong. 
Um, but yeah, it's still very early on, but he has been fantastic. Uh, I just love that it's another week and another one of my astute colleagues has blown a lock prediction. Uh, <laughs> he was right. It wasn't a pretty day for the Steelers offensively, but let's give the Raiders some credit. Uh, they played well and they've beat two really good conference rivals uh, in a row, so good for them. And uh, just also, look what happens when you design plays for Henry Ruggs. <laughs> I've been saying it. They do it. And they capitalize on it. So, uh, John Gruden, if you need an OC, uh, I'm your man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure we should be giving out your contact information, but if he wants to get in contact with us, he knows how to find us uh, Find us on the socials. All right, Smithy, let's go back to the AFC East, the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. It's fair to say this was a battle of the rookie quarterbacks. Mac Jones was solid. Zach Wilson had a day to forget. Um, but this question partially inspired by a fan question as well. Casey from Ipswich wrote in and said, my brother and I have a bet on which team is going to go without a win the longest. He's got the Jags. I've got the Jets. So are the Jets the furthest team away from a win, do you think? I think it's probably a two-horse race between them and the Jags at the moment. But if I had to pick one, yeah, it probably would be the Jets. Yeah. Uh, I now fully understand the advantage of being able to pick all your games for the week uh, because I have had some absolute stinkers. <laughs> you uh, haven't had a fun time. <laughs> no, I, I would describe this game like watching a torture scene in a movie. Uh, you feel terrible for the person involved, but you can't stop watching it. Zach Wilson threw four interceptions in his first 10 passes and it was brutal viewing. Uh, the Jets managed to put six points on the board in the end, but my goodness. Uh, Green Gang will want to move on from this one rather quickly. The Patriots, they just did what they had to do. Uh, JC Jackson had two of the interceptions with the other two going to Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips. The offense played out exactly as draft analysts pictured it with Mac Jones. Uh, he managed the game efficiently without really any big play potential. Uh, he was 22 for 30 for 186 yards. And the TDs came from their running backs. Damien Harris uh, decided to turn into Marshawn Lynch for his TD, breaking about seven tackles and finding the end zone. His final line was 16 for 62 and the touchdown, while James White was five for 20 with a score as well. Uh, I predicted the Patriots to win 11 games this year, and I was expecting a big portion of those wins to be thanks to the defense. Today was the perfect example of this. And, uh, just a quick RIP to any rookie QBs who have to face Bill Belichick for the rest of the season because it seems like he gets enjoyment out of ruining rookie quarterbacks. So uh, good luck to anyone else who has to face him. Yeah, he's a spirit breaker for sure. So TD, jump in here, mate. First of all, uh, Jets or the Jags, who is the last team to have a win, do you think? Oh, that is tough. I'm going to say the Jets will be the last team just because I'm in love with Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, and that love's going to pay off with a win sometime soon, I think. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Did you like what you saw from the Patriots? Uh, they they played well, especially on defense. Um, it was a day that Zach Wilson would love to forget. Uh, Smithy said four interceptions. Uh, it's never good when that happens, but it does happen. He's a rookie. He's going to learn from them. He'll, he'll come back better uh, for them. Mac Jones looked pretty good for the second straight week. Lots of checkdowns, and he kind of plays um, style 
style the style that he plays is, is a funny funny way to play and it's kind of like the the Patriots way um I guess you could say uh the quarterback or different when it's Brady but the quarterback's not going to be the reason they win um but it's definitely not going to be the reason they lose and that was the that was the case in this game today the stats were, were pretty similar in this one I think the Jets outgained uh the Patriots on offense uh but that was only because the Patriots had short field most of the day uh the turnovers was the only stat that was pretty wayward, which was four nothing, and that was the difference in this one. Yeah, beautiful. You're on a roll, mate. Uh, we're going to go to the Jags and the Broncos. A 23-13 win for Denver after week two. Teddy Bridgewater now is 48 for 71 when it comes to passing uh, for 595 yards and three passing touchdowns. Is the need for Denver to upgrade at quarterback? lessening at the moment considering they are well not only on a bit of a roll but teddy is being not terrible at all yeah this one depends i think uh because if the goal is to win a super bowl uh which it should be for every franchise uh then teddy bridgewater is not the guy uh he's shown that in the past he can be efficient and productive uh but he isn't the guy that's going to bring you success now if the broncos goal is just to make the playoffs and see what happens then yeah bridgewater is the guy um, he has played good this season and was especially good in this game, throwing for 328 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but I want to see how he goes against better defenses. Uh, and he has a chance to prove me and a lot of other people wrong in the next two months with games against Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Washington sprinkled into Denver's schedule. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos as a whole during that span. Uh, Javonte Williams looked good carrying the football 13 times for 64 yards. Uh, and the backfield duo of Williams and Melvin Gordon is working at this stage of the season. Denver's defense is also going along pretty nicely. They kept the Jaguars to only 13 points in this game. Uh, the Jags only managed 189 total yards, um, and Trevor Lawrence threw his fourth and fifth interceptions of the season. And I think people are, are really quick to forget that Lawrence easily has the most pressure on him um, out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Um, he's got the most pressure on him to perform out the gate on a team that lacks talent and only won one game last year. So um, it's it, people are going to hate and call him a bust and, and whatnot, but there's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, he, he's thrown five interceptions. It's not the end of the world. I think he's going to be fine. Um, he's just got to learn. Um, he did actually make some nice throws, especially the touchdown pass in the first quarter, uh, first quarter to Marvin Jones. Uh, it's going to be a pretty long season for the Jags, and I hope they can get their first wins sooner rather than later. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Smithy, how much do you feel for Trevor Lawrence here? Because for crying out loud, the kid's just trying to establish himself as an NFL player. He doesn't deserve this whack, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, well, what did people realistically expect from the Jags this year? Well, if you watched some NFL shows in the preseason a lot, I think one of them at one stage had them eight and nine. So I think they yeah. had expectations on him that he was never going to fulfill anyway. Yeah, see, I think that's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they they had a they had a pretty good draft hand, but um, the second of their first round picks is out for the year, and you know they haven't really done a lot. They they gained some help through free agency, but. They didn't add eight wins worth of, you know, excellence into this lineup. Mm. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater decided he wanted to flaunt his middle finger in my direction for another week <laughs> with another fantastic performance. 
Um, they were never in serious danger of losing this game. And with the Jets next week, 3-0 and awaits for the Broncos. Yeah, it sure does. So let's move on now, Smithy. Now, because it's your Panthers, right? And he's rubbing his hands together. He's ready to go off. 26-7, to the Saints brought back down to earth, which might, may, uh, might tell you either about their inconsistency, maybe how bad Green Bay were last week, but it's not about that. It is about the Panthers. Now, speaking of middle fingers, Sam Darnold might be doing it to the Jets. He's already 10% uh, completion percentage. Actually, I'll start that again. He has improved his completion percentage from last year by 10% already. Small sample size, I know, but it looks like he's flaunting as well. Sorry, Smithy, have you bought your playoff tickets yet? 2-0, you'll be guilty. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah. I knew our early season Just schedule up and about. was favorable. Uh, but it only gets tougher from here. But I'm loving watching Panthers football at the moment. Uh, this was another fantastic performance by my boys, putting up one of the most dominant defensive performances I've seen from a Carolina team. And I've got some stats to prove this. So Ooh, strap yourselves go. in. Oh, yes, please. The Panthers held the Saints to 128 total yards, the lowest total in any clash between the teams and the lowest since Sean Payton's tenure, which has been for over 15 years. So that's crazy. Uh, the Saints gained only six first downs, the lowest amount for New Orleans since 1997. Alvin Kamara was held to five rushing yards on eight attempts, averaging 0.63 yards per attempt, both lows for his career as a starter. The Panthers also had four sacks and two interceptions in what was an insane performance. Uh, there were glimpses of the old Jameis Winston throwing two poor interceptions, including one to rookie cornerback J.C. Horn. Uh, the Panthers' offense took a back seat in this one. Sam Darnold threw for 308 yards and two touchdowns on 26 for 38 and was very solid again. He did have a genuinely terrible interception where he essentially just threw the ball straight to a Saints defensive lineman, uh, but that was his only stain on the day. Christian McCaffrey did his thing with 72 rushing yards and a touchdown and five catches for 65 yards. And DJ Moore had a big day with eight catches for 79 yards and a score. Overall, it was another great Panther performance and a division win is always way sweeter. Yeah, it really is. TD, jump in. Smithies, all about the Panthers and rightly so. Let's move on to the Saints, mate. We just have to expect now that they're just going to be consistently inconsistent, don't we? Yeah, I don't know what to think about the Saints, to be honest. Um, I had plenty of question marks over them coming into the year and I still I didn't know what to think of them after week one and now I now my head's all over the place about what to think of them after week two. Uh, but the Panthers are starting to earn a bit of respect around the NFL um, and after their start this season, I think they deserve it. They've greatly improved on both sides of the ball. Their coaching is great and they're an exciting football team. Um, I picked the Saints here and questioned the Panthers' offense after a slow start last week, uh, but was quickly made to look like a fool. Sam Darnold was great, nearly the best performance of his career. Christian McCaffrey had another 100-plus total yards. Just happens every week. DJ Moore led all the receivers in yards and catches, but it was pretty evenly uh, shared after that. And, yeah, Winston looked pretty erratic. Um, just... Showed flashes of the quarterback we used to know, uh, and he threw some ill-advised passes here. And I think the Saints will be desperate to get some receiver help. Uh, Traquan Smith and Michael Thomas 
back from injury. Yeah, fingers crossed they can get them back ASAP. All right. The second of the crew's teams to have a win, the Cowboys uh, beat the Chargers 20 and 17, and they snapped a 17-game losing streak of uh, – yeah, sorry, I'll start that again. A 17-game winning streak of getting a victory while scoring under 30 points. So for the last 17 times, the Cowboys have scored under 30. They have lost all of them. They didn't do that on this occasion. Um, I mean, the Chargers, Smithy said off the top, maybe let this one slip, but it's all about your boys. TD, how comforting is it for you that Dak doesn't need to throw for a stack of TDs and you can still grind out a win? Yeah, it's very comforting that the Cowboys are able to win these sort of games. Uh, I said in the last podcast, I can't pick uh, the Cowboys to win until they give me a reason to trust them. Uh, But I still kind of had a good feeling going into this matchup with the Chargers uh, and my confidence in this team is only growing. Uh, They didn't play their best at all, but still managed 419 total yards, uh, almost half of which was gained on the ground. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard combined for 180 rushing yards and the only two touchdowns of the game for Dallas. Uh, The tandem worked really well, and Pollard actually looked like the better back in this one. His explosive runs complement Zeke's tough yards uh, really well, and he proved a nightmare for the Chargers to stop. Dak Prescott was super efficient throwing... um, Sorry, he was super efficient in this one, completing 23 of 27 passes. Uh, He did throw an interception in the first half that was really unnecessary um, on a drive that the Cowboys were making easy yards without taking many risks. Uh, It was clear the Cowboys wanted to get C.D. Lamb uh, involved as often as possible. Uh, He had eight catches for 81 yards and added a 13-yard carry as well. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert looked incredible. Uh, The way... Both offences played in this game. I can't believe the final score was only 20 to 17. Uh, Fully loaded, had 338 passing yards and was throwing lasers all over the field, which was bittersweet to watch as a Cowboys fan. Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams continue to be my favourite wide receiver duo outside of Dallas as they combined for just under 200 yards receiving. Austin Eckler chipped in with nine catches but only carried the ball nine times, which is nowhere near enough in my opinion. Uh, Justin Herbert threw two interceptions that killed drives where LA were moving the ball with ease. The first one uh, was on their first drive, which has been put down as a bad pass by Herbert, but Trayvon Diggs deserves a massive pat on the back uh, for that one. It was a great play by him. The second was right at the end of the third quarter. Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen kind of slipped over in the end zone, uh, but even if he didn't slip over, it was, would have been a 50-50 ball at best. Uh, the Chargers also had two go-ahead touchdowns called back due to penalties, uh, which they can only blame on, the, on themselves. And it's something they really need to fix before it becomes a bigger issue. Uh, for Dallas, it's a great win to start one-on-one after games against the Bucks and the Chargers. Uh, it's a pretty good result, uh, especially given the upcoming schedule. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And we actually are, as much as we give each other shit, we are thrilled that they got a win for you, mate. A happy TD, a happy people's print is better than a sad people's print, let me tell you. Now, Smithy, in light of the news that the uh, – uh, where is it here? That the United Nations uh, building was vandalized and some flags were stolen, do you think the charges are duty-bound to supply theirs? Yeah, the charges have enough flags to give out. Um, yeah, I think so. To, to save to save the world, I think it's just madness. Segwaying a bit of humor there, and that fell flat. Good to know. All right, cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> I, I was reading my little preamble for this game, and uh, it got me a bit flat because this this was genuine, genuinely painful to watch. Uh, 
knowing that I had the charges in Smithy Certs and they were called for 12 penalties amounting for 99 yards yeah. and the loss of multiple touchdowns. Brutal stuff. I was worried um, for your health at that stage. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got three words. Be better, LA. Yeah. Uh, but a shout out to Greg the Leg for bouncing back in week two with the 56-yard game winner. Um, he was copping a fair bit of shit after week one for his performance in Tampa Bay. But um, we know at his best he can be a really good kicker. And to nail that 56-yarder for the win, I, I was I was happy for Greg the Leg. Yeah, Mike McCarthy blaming a, an indifferent clock was a bit weird in his uh in his presser. So, but we'll push on, Smithy. You're going to continue your momentum. The Cardinals, well, it's fair to say they escaped with a one point victory over the Vikings, a 34 to 33 win. Now, I mentioned that the Finns O line are going to be at Walmart or Target next week. It's fair to say Greg Joseph will be uh going with them because I don't think he's going to be uh, getting a lot of love down in Minnesota. Well. Wherever he ends up, I, I owe him a beer because uh, <laughs> I locked up the Cardinals and I thought I was cooked. Uh, terrible mistake to make and it's probably going to cost him his job, uh, which we hate to see. But this was an insane game. Uh, there's no other way to say it. From the 64-yard KJ Osborne touchdown 40 seconds into the game to the missed field goal and everything in between, it was box office viewing. Kyler Murray did his usual thing, uh, making plays that make you sit there and shake your head with a smile on your face. A 77-yard touchdown to Rondell Moore was an unbelievable play, rolling to the left sideline after avoiding a sack and throwing off balance across his body to the receiver 30 yards down the field. Murray is one of those players, though, who who can make the difficult look easy and the easy look difficult. Uh, He threw two interceptions, including a pick six right after halftime that got Minnesota the momentum back. Overall, the Vikings did exactly what I said they needed to do in order to win. They protected Kirk Cousins, allowing only one sack, and they used their offensive weapons at wide receiver to expose the Cardinals secondary. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and KJ Osborne combined for 17 catches for 195 yards and three touchdowns between them. So, you know, the two things I said they needed to do to win, they did. But unfortunately for them, and unfortunately for me, Greg Joseph blew it. Yeah, he really did. And we do actually feel for him. I know I took the piss before, but we don't like uh, we don't like seeing guys that are probably going to have their career affected in such a, a big way. And uh, I am just taking the uh, the PI double five. Uh, as we know, mental health is a big thing in this game. And making sure he's all right is the priority. Um, TD, just on this one here, mate, did you see the viral video of the Vikings radio announcer announcing that he'd made it uh, originally before being told that it didn't count? Did you catch that? Yeah, I did see that. That was. Oh, that was how would you feel if you were in your car as a Vikings fan? Uh, oh, he just boy. tried to speak it into existence, didn't he? Oh, yeah. oh okay. All right. So, do the are the Vikings going to look back on this loss as not only the one that got away that probably doomed them from the start? Yeah, I, th- I think they might. That they had a really good chance to win this one, and um, obviously the chipping field goal uh, missed, and they probably should be one and one. But they're zero and two, and they've got. Uh, games coming up against Seattle and Cleveland in the next two games. So they're really going to have to find a way to win one of those um, or it's game over for them. 
Yeah, genuinely is. So fingers crossed for all our amazing Vikings fans out there. It gets better before it gets worse. Now, TD, you're on a roll, mate. Speaking of on a roll, how about them Titans? 33-30 to 30 over the Seahawks. Big dazzling. It's nothing better than getting a tip right that the other two pick wrong. And I, it'll be the only time it happens this year, I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. But the question for you, mate, was this an opportunity gained for Tennessee or an opportunity lost for Seattle? Uh, it's a bit of both, to be honest. I thought Seattle probably never should have uh, lost the, uh, this game from the position they were in. Uh, but on the other hand, Tennessee took the opportunity that was given to them uh, in order to grab their first win of the season. Seattle left uh, led sorry, 9-24 to at halftime. Uh, they had home field advantage. Uh, they had held Derek Henry to 35 rushing yards on 13 carries. Uh, how did they drop this game? Um, they dominated the Titans in the first half, scored on four out of their first six drives uh, and totaled 253 yards on offense. Uh, they contained Derek Henry and had plenty of people questioning if he was the same guy from a year ago. Um, hopefully a lesson was learned. Do not question Derek Henry. Uh, Tennessee didn't punt in the second half and Henry had one of the greatest second halves of any player in NFL history. He carried the ball 22 times for 147 yards and three touchdowns, uh, which is just incredible. Uh, the Titans outscored Seattle 21 to six after halftime uh, as the Seahawks went to sleep on both sides of the ball. They could only manage 162 yards on offense and lost all rhythm, having only one drive with more than four plays uh, in the second half. The game went to overtime, tied at 30. Tennessee got the ball first, and that resulted in a punt. Seattle got the ball deep inside their own half and nearly lost the game on a safety. Uh, the play was blown dead at the one-yard line. A lot of people are saying that was a sack, um, or a sack and a safety but they, they marked him down at the one, which is pretty lucky for Seattle not to lose it on, on that play, but they did lose it a couple of plays after when Randy Bullock kicked a 36-yard field goal for the win, uh, which is a big win for the Titans, and it could shape their next few weeks. Um, a bit of change in momentum for their season, and it's a tough loss for Seattle uh, given the situation they were in and the division they're in. Uh, they're last in the NFC West now after this loss, and all three other teams are 2-0. and Yep, absolutely. Uh, Smithy, if he could bottle it and sell it, would you be like me in buying whatever Tyler Lockett did in the offseason considering he's off to a flying start? What's going on with that man? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know what the, what Juju the Seahawks are running, but he always seems to find himself in just absolute paddocks of space out the yeah. back of the defense. I don't know. Maybe he's so small they don't quite see him. But, uh, yeah, he's been fantastic to start the year. But big congratulations to the Titans. Uh, obviously, they came back from the big deficit in one of the hardest environments to play in the NFL. Also, a big shout-out to you, Daz. Uh, you made a very shrewd selection and gained the overall tipping win for the week. So, well done for you. You put your balls on the line and it came off. Thanks, mate. Appreciate uh, that. Despite them not being perfect, this proves that week one was purely an anomaly in terms of the Titans' offense, I think. Um, and they're going to be what we thought they would be, and that's a seriously fun team to watch. Yeah, genuinely is. We said they're, they're going to play in a lot of shootouts and they're going to be fun to watch. So uh, we nailed that as well. And I just love the fact that um, getting on the road can be the best thing for you. As we know, we're obviously in Australia and we can't go anywhere because we're in Victoria, but these guys get to fly around and get to spend that time together. 
Uh, I think it helped them. Again, when you win or lose by field goal, there is an element perhaps of luck in there, but really happy that I got that one 100% on the money. Smithy, uh, again, not a lot of love your way for the Bucks and the Falcons. I mean, it was a high-scoring game, of course, combining for 73 points. But my question for you with the Bucks 48-25 to 25 win, uh, there was a report that came out that nearly $9,000 in Australia has been spent on punters betting the Bucks going 20-0 and 0 for the season. But my question to you is, if you were an opposing scout, how do you beat them? You beat them by throwing the ball. Uh, you throw at their cornerbacks. We saw it in week one. The Cowboys got very close and Dak had over 400 yards passing. Um, and you saw in this game, the Philadelphia defense made the Falcons look like a college team in week one. But uh, they managed to put 25 up on the Bucks with Matty Ice throwing for 300 yards uh, overall. And the game was 28-25 Bucks at the end of the third. It was a three-point game coming into the fourth quarter. Mm. But uh, when it came to crunch time, Matty Ice melted into Matty Water. Uh, the Falcons' fourth quarter drives were punt, pick six, turnover on downs, pick six, turnover on downs. That's not pretty reading whatsoever. I think the end score reflects what we thought was going to happen. But for three quarters, this was a genuine contest. Uh, but the Bucks' defense stood up late. Tom Brady had another monster game, going 24 for 36 for 276 yards and five touchdown passes. And I'm starting to think that he was created in a lab with his friend Rob Gronkowski, who had another two touchdowns in this game. But going back to the answer to your question, it is going at the corners. They have three very solid starters in Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean on the outside and Sean Murphy Bunting in the nickel. But there's little depth behind them. And Dean and Carlton Davis are prone to mistakes and penalties. Uh, the Falcons pass catchers had a pretty good day. Calvin Ridley was uh, had seven catches for 63 yards, including a touchdown. And the rookie sensation, Kyle Pitts, was five catches for 73 yards, as well as 12 catches coming from their running backs. So, look, can you pressure Tom Brady with the offensive line he has? No. Can you run the ball on the Bucks' front seven defensively? No. But you can throw for a lot of yards, and I think if you're going to beat the Bucks, that's how you do it. Beautiful. I like it. Now, TD, um, Falcons fans... In a weird way, they lost by a similar amount. They gave up more points. I know they scored more points, but how much uh, sympathy and love do you, you think we need to send the uh, the Falcons way? Because, oh boy, it hasn't been a good start at all. I'm not going to send them any sympathy or love. Um, to be honest, they've had it pretty good um, a few years before. These last couple of years, they made it to the Super Bowl uh, not long ago. And years before that, they, they just seem to always make the playoffs, always have a winning record. So they can have a couple of years of this. <laughs> um, the Bucks in this one, they kept they keep rolling. Uh, it was a great, great performance all around. Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns, and the defense also scored two, uh, which were both on interceptions returned by Mike Edwards. Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans had two touchdowns each, and Fournette, Leonard Fournette looked pretty good in the backfield. Uh, he certainly looked a lot better than Ronald Jones. It, 
every time he's in, he looks a lot more dangerous than Ronald Jones does. And I don't understand why they persist with uh, sharing the load back there. Um, Fournette's clearly the better player, but you know, who am I to question the defending Super Bowl champion coach? <laughs> That's what um, we're here for, mate. Yeah, Still exactly. thinking, we like it. Yeah, uh, for Atlanta, they looked a lot better on offense, as Smithy said, compared to last week. Um, but after the interception from Matt Ryan on the second play of the second half, uh, they were never really a shot at winning this game. Uh, and they're going to be desperate to get their first win of the season next week against the Giants in what is almost certainly a must-win game for both. Uh, the Buccaneers will play the Rams in what will be Tom Brady's first ever game in LA, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute belter. You're on a roll, mate. Let's move on to the Chiefs and the Ravens. What an upset this was, 36-35. The Ravens, now I've got two questions for you, mate. Number one, should we let the Chiefs know how to find Smithy so they can uh, get him back for jinxing them? There's only one acceptable answer. Correct. Very good. Yeah. So Chiefs fans, hang tight. We're going to let you know how to track down Smithy so you can let him know uh, what you think of what he's done to your mob. Second question. I mean, look, week two... Yes, there's 15 more weeks to go. I know this is a premature call, but work with me. This has to be the win of the year. I mean, this was Lamar had everything going against him. Injuries, the record against Mahomes, the record against the Kansas City Chiefs. Tick, tick, tick. He's done all that. This has to be the win of the year. It's so hard to imagine someone having a better win than this before we hit the playoffs. Yeah, it was a really good win for the Ravens, and it was a really important one too after blowing the game last week uh, to the Raiders. Um, they did it running the ball and they did it on the back of Lamar Jackson. Um, and he, he definitely should be the story in this game. He dusted himself off after a shaky start and included two interceptions in the Ravens first three drives. One of them was returned for a touchdown. Um, he did it in the air and on the ground, 239 passing yards with a touchdown and 107 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. And he carried the team on his back. Um, Tyson Williams also added 77 yards rushing. And the Ravens, um, as a team, rushed for 251 yards, which is just insane. Uh, Marquise Brown was the man uh, receiving six catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, And he's playing like the receiver that Baltimore needed him to be last season. Uh, He obviously wasn't that guy. That's why they brought in Sammy Watkins. But... He's um, turning into that guy this year, which is good. Maybe it's because Sammy Watkins is there, taking a little pressure off him, but it's good to see. Um, the Ravens' defense was almost non-existent for majority of the night, uh, but they came up big when Kansas City were driving down the field in the final two minutes. Uh, already in field goal range, the rookie linebacker, Odafi away, forced a fumble on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, which Smithy said earlier in the show, his first fumble in the NFL, uh, and it sealed the game. The fourth and one call with just over a minute remaining by John Harbour was a desperate attempt for him to announce to the world that just like Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, he's got some big old balls too. <laughs> this is um, turning into a segment and I never thought it would. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. His balls are just as big. Oh, um, and I know from experience. That's uh, what? <laughs> um, Lamar picked up the first down and he called game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was great in this game as well. 343 yards and three touchdowns, but the Chiefs' undoing was on third down. They converted only one of six opportunities on third down, uh, which is a big reason why they were not able to hang on to the win. Travis Kelsey continued his dominance and went for over 100 yards and a touchdown. 
And it was pretty refreshing to see players like Byron Pringle, Mikhail Hardman and Demarcus Robinson step up and make some plays on what was a very quiet night for Tyreek Hill. Uh, Kansas City will take on the Chargers next week in a divisional match that almost certainly shouldn't be on at 3 a.m. in Australia, uh, while Baltimore will get to take on Detroit. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute corker in that game. Uh, Smithy, my question for you when it comes to this game, do you know any good lawyers for when we get sued for sexual harassment because TD won't stop talking about people's balls? No, but you I don't think have one on retainer. One. Okay, so if there are any lawyers listening, um, look, the budget's not especially large, but uh, <laughs> we feel like something's going to happen soon, so please get in contact with us. But all jokes aside, mate, um, look, how vindicated do you feel, or are you as vindicated as I am? Because we have been staunch Lamar Jackson defenders even in the preseason, so we're not jumping on the bandwagon here. We've helped build it because the disrespect towards this man has been deplorable, and to use your favourite word, egregious. I mean, I'm sitting back and uh, counting my millions at this point. What do you feel? Yeah, look, it was a tough loss for me to watch considering uh, I needed it to tie Colin for the week. But to know that it was done by Lamar Jackson on a performance in prime time with everyone watching and him single-handedly leading them to victory, it's vindication, like he said. And we've been on the bandwagon since this podcast started. Uh, pretty sure we spoke about it in our first ever episode. Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, which was a good five months ago now. So uh, we're not jumping on now, and I'm, I was happy to see it happen. But as I said earlier, Patrick Mahomes, he, ha- he had not done three things, and that's lose in September, throw an interception in September, and lose to Lamar Jackson. And as soon as I put any faith and play significance on the game, he blows it. This game also proves my point. This Chiefs defense is not good. Mm. They had two takeaways and still gave up 36 points. Yep. Disgusted. Yeah, not good. Scathing remarks, and rightly so. Now, I don't think you'll be too scathing with the last game. And I'll tell you what, three out of four of the primetime games we've had here in Australia have been genuine belters. But the fourth, uh, the Lions, they started really well in this one, but eventually fell 35-17 in a somewhat predictable result, but a wildly entertaining game um, or from my end, especially, and we'd love your boys' two thoughts. But, Smithy, surely no one in the league will have a better one-week comeback as a duo than the two Aarons in Rodgers and Jones because they were unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think we will because if you put these guys' stats from week one next to their stats from today – you would think they are two different people playing two different leagues. Yeah, uh, random testing maybe yeah. required. Goodness it, it, it wasn't all smooth sailing for the cheeseheads at home though, uh, but the end scoreline reflected the sentiment I had for this game in the preview, which was a get-right game. Mm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went 22 for 27 for 255 yards and four TDs, reminding everyone, including you, Dazzling, that mm-hmm. he isn't done just yet. But the story for the Packers was Aaron Jones. Uh, They made a conscious effort to get him involved in this game uh, early after last week's catastrophe, and it paid off big time. He ran 17 times for 67 yards and a rushing TD, but did his damage in the passing game with six catches for 48 yards and three touchdowns, becoming the first Green Bay running back in history with three receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in the same game. But as I said earlier, it wasn't all smooth sailing with the Lions coming out and gunning early. 
uh, which made the Packers' defense look second rate. It only took seven plays for them to open the scoring, thanks to Quintess Cephas. And then in the second quarter, Jared Goff dropped a dime in the back of the end zone for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, the half was capped off with a field goal, and the Lions led 17-14. to 14. Uh, After Goff's two touchdown passes, the Packers had allowed seven in the first six quarters of the year, which was the most in franchise history. But after halftime, the Lions looked like the team we projected them to be going, and these were their drives after halftime. So it went turnover on downs, fumble, punt, interception, and then turnover on downs, which secured the Packers the win at home. I'm still not sold on the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers looked way better, but still missed a few throws that he would usually make. And this defense looked terrible for a half. But the one thing that I will say is they need to start the rookie Eric Stokes over Kevin King. Uh, Stokes looked really good in this game. Uh, Late first round pick out of Georgia. And Kevin King has been renowned for getting torched for years now. So make the move. There you go. I like it. Now, TD, finish us off, mate, with a quick prediction as well. How many years until we see Detroit back in prime time? Because they've let us down here. Yeah, they they really have. Um, but we're going at a pretty good strike rate. Most of the prime time games have been pretty good. Um, probably a couple of years for Detroit, though, um, until they're, let's say, relevant again. Um, they'll probably find a prime time game sometime soon. Uh, big takeaway from this game is everything is okay in Green Bay after all, um, at least for now. Aaron Rodgers is back in form, and after one week of people speculating and overreacting uh, and even forming stupid sorts of conspiracy theories, uh, the Packers get their first win, which is you know good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Finished the week off well. Now, this segment went off. The chain last week. This man, our man TD, sits down. He know he lets us know not just of the best performances because everyone does that. We want to know what the great man feels inside, in the heart. That's what we're about at TDs and threes. With TDs piss takers, this went really well last week, and we know it's going to go bigger and better as the year goes on. So take it away, mate. Who took the piss in week two? Yeah, there was plenty of piss takers uh, in week two, um, and quarterback was a pretty hard one. To pick, there was plenty of people I could have chose, but I went with uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, 239 passing yards, 107 rush yards. He, as you guys said, gets a lot of hate for not being the typical quarterback. Um, but yeah, I think he gave the haters uh, the middle finger in week two. He had two early turnovers, but was able to bounce back and lead Baltimore to a come-from-behind win. Uh, and he demanded the opportunity to win this game, uh, which he did. Uh, running back, Derek Henry. Um, there was questions in the fir- last week and the first half of this game about him hitting the running back wall. Uh, the first half, as I said, had only 13 carries for 35 yards. He ended with 35 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns. He added six catches for 55 yards, and he carried the Titans to a second-half comeback, so that's why he's there. Wide receiver, I've gone Cooper Cup. Uh, He had nine catches for 163 yards and two touchdowns. He was one player I was looking forward to uh, watching this year with the addition of Matt Stafford. Uh, Not only only did he have a big game, but he also played a big part in their win. So that's why he's there. Uh, Tight end, I've gone Travis Kelsey. He went for over 100 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. 
He had an extremely improbable 46-yard touchdown, which only had a 3% chance of a touchdown of scoring um, on that play, according to the NFL's next-gen stats. Um, personally, I really hate probability stats like that, uh, but it just shows how good the touchdown was. Um, he's always consistent. He's been the best receiving tight end in the NFL for five years, uh, and he's been rewarded with a spot in the piss takers. Which is all um, that he's playing for, really. Let's yeah, be honest. Exactly. He's got the Super Bowls. The Bowls all got he's got left. Yeah, that's, that's all he needed. He'll love that. Uh, right, what about def- defense? Yeah, defense, I couldn't go past Smithy's Panthers. Um, they <laughs> only allowed seven points, only allowed 128 total yards, uh, and they kept the Saints to only 43 total plays. They held Alvin Kamara to five yards rushing uh, and 48 total rushing yards, two interceptions, four sacks, three tackles for loss, and 11 quarterback hits. So um, they were there. I had to change it a couple of times. I had the Bucks in there because they scored a couple of defensive touchdowns. I had uh, the Bears because they played pretty good on defense, but I had to rethink and put the Panthers there because what they did was really impressive. Yeah, it really was, mate. Now, Smithy, I think you'll agree with me on this. There's only one... Uh, person that has been on the TD's piss takers twice in a row, and it's our man. He's ripped the piss again. It's not all right what he's doing. It's extraordinary quality. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy quality at this stage. And, you know, I feel sorry for you because you have to back that up with your segment, and it's not a great spot to be in because oh it's a very high bar. Right, that's it. I feel like the fat guy at the diving board when they're doing Olympic practice. I'm just looking down going, what am I supposed to do here? I'm out of my depth, but I'm going to give it a crack. But before we do, uh, Smithy, do you think anyone was stiff to miss out? We've got to give TD some honest feedback, but I reckon he's done pretty well. Yeah, I think I think it's a good list. Uh, Tom Brady's five touchdowns stiff. Uh, and Aaron, Aaron Jones, as good as Derrick Henry was, Aaron Jones was just incredible today. So uh, a few that were stiff to miss, but... Can't argue too much with the list, to be honest. No, I love it. Uh, I'll convince you that Tyler Lockett exists one day, TD. He was stiff to miss last week, was dominant. Again, I'm not saying he was better than Cooper Cup, but I really liked your list, mate. I'm sure he'll find his way in. If he keeps playing the way he is, he'll he'll be a piss taker eventually. I'll tell you, uh, you know what? I reckon it's driving him, really. (laughs) I reckon he's woken up this morning. He'll wake up the morning after he listens to this, and he's gone, I'm going to get him to notice me. And then from there, they're only going to get better and better, Seattle. So... Fingers crossed the great man does get in there. All righty. Dazza's dickheads. Now, it's fair to say that my blood pressure went through the roof last week when doing this segment. And the uh, the feedback that I've gotten is, Daz, you've got to warm into it, son. And then you've got to go at the end. You get it all off your chest. You're feeling good. You can have a day off, have our NBA content come out the day after you're listening to this. So check that out as well. And then we're, by the time we hit the preview, Daz is feeling good. Smithy's feeling good. He'll bounce back. TD's feeling good. And we go into another week. So that's what I'm going to do. Sorry. Daz's dickheads is, look, they're three either people or groups of people that not only need to have a good hard look at themselves, but they're going to cop their right whack, I reckon. And Daz gets, look, let's face it, irrationally angry when it comes to sports. And these two things have combined. So let's get into it. Now, number three, this one hurts me because it's someone that I really respect. And I think it's someone that's fallen away. And I think it's someone that needs to spend this week having a good look at themselves. And by the time we hit week three, he's either got to go to another level or he might cop it bigger and better than ever. And that's you, TD. You've let us down, mate. And I'm not happy with how you've performed. And I don't think you would be either. You had the first pick in the locks. You had everyone to pick from, barring who you picked last week. And you got it wrong. 
Not good enough. You're tipping this week. Like I said earlier in the show, you got one more than the guy who was too lazy to put his picks in. <laughs> You've got to be better than that, son. You need a couple of days to rebound. And Smithy, don't you laugh either. You're on the warning trail too. You went one from five coming up against Colin and you're strutting around like a peacock and that shit can stop right now. So both of you boys are on notice. And by the way, if I have a poor week next week, I'm going to be on my own list. So <laughs> I'll put myself out there. But you boys are the judges. Do you think that's harsh or do you think it's fair? Nah, very fair. Yep. TD? Yeah, it's pretty fair, especially coming into the season, how I raved about uh, being sneaky high on the Raiders. And what do I do in week two? I lock against them. So (laughs) that's, yeah, I've only got myself to blame. Yeah, a week's a long time in football, mate, as they say. Now, number two. Now, this one is purely on field, I promise. And then number one is going to be something about life that shits me up the wall. But here's number two. Now, there are plenty of amazing things in New York. There's the pizza, for one. There's the culture. There's the art. There's the food. There's the sport. Or is there the sport? The Knicks have been crap for a while. I mean, they've come good now. The Jets, they're a dumpster fire. But when you've got so many games on the same day, it can often be forgotten that there was a team that really shit the bed on Thursday that needs to be spoken about. And I'm looking at you, the New York Giants. You gave Washington two attempts to win that game. Two. You shouldn't have given them one to start. That's more big gripe. But then you went, no, no, we'll give them two. It is the equivalent of a big brother watching his little brother miss and going, no, no, you can have that again. But this is a professional sporting environment we're talking about here. Your last two minutes of that quarter should be all the review you do. All game. First three quarters, throw it out. Up until the last two minutes, throw it out. I haven't seen a more disappointing two minutes than me trying to have sex drunk. Stop it. You're better than that. I don't give a shit that it was Thursday. You've got to improve or your season's over. Done. Dickheads. Stop it. Right. Harsh or fair, boys. It's like you're laughing at the wrong part, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah that's fair. Funny, yeah. but fair. Fair yeah. for me, too. That's You know why, good. Giants? Because I ain't getting paid millions and you are. I'll happily take some of your salary. Stop it. Right. Number one. Now, this is about life because it's happened again. Now, I've complained about this to Smithy on a couple of occasions. My poor, amazing, talented girlfriend cops this a bit because I have to take public transport nearly every day. And there are two things that I believe you don't do on public transport. Number one, don't answer your phone on public transport and especially don't put it on speaker. But for all you morons out there that do that, you get a pass for this week because there's another group on public transport that can fuck right off. And these are people that get on the public transport, sit up the back of the bus with their Bluetooth fucking speakers and play their shit house trap music. Now, now, if you didn't play shit music, would I still hate it? Yeah, I would, because it's fucking rude. Buy some headphones. Now, one last thing I'm going to say on this. I'm not a politician, clearly, but if I was, I would make a rule. Now, I'm not one for violence. But if I was able to get up, pick up your speaker and go, oh, mate, this looks sick. How much did this cost? I would then beat you with it. Stop playing your fucking music. I'll buy you some headphones if you want me to. Fucking stop it. You're my dickheads of the week, boys. Harsh, fair. What are we thinking? I'm fucking over it. That's very fair. And it has to be said because there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. You, You Say you're going into the city for a sporting event. You get on the train. You're excited to get there. You want to be in your own thoughts and then you've got someone playing terrible music behind you and it just, it, it gripes you. 
it's, it's like music it, no it's like hearing nails run over a chalkboard so very fair very well said td yeah it's, it's extremely fair it's, it's something that's acceptable when you're at school on the school bus um going out for excursions but uh, as an adult um in public no that, yeah it's extremely fair Right, so our key lesson from all this is that all of us need to improve as a podcast, as a society, as fans. We can all get better. We promise we'll get better. Gents, this has been an absolute blast to the fans out there. Get in contact with us via the socials. A couple of our message boards have actually been down, which is why the fan interaction has been down. So if you have sent something through, uh, we apologize. We aren't ignoring you. We promise when those websites maintenance are over, we'll get back into them. Uh, if there is enough there, we might do sort of a bonus episode and try to get through things depending on what's there. If not, we'll try and get as much as we can into the next preview. Smithy, uh, look, it's been fantastic, mate. I'll let you sign us off. So before I get to you, TD, I've asked you, I've demanded, you're going to come back bigger and better than ever, but at least your boys had a win, whereas my Dolphins were terrible. It's good to see you, mate, and we'll see you in the preview. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I might go 16 from 16 this week, so I look forward to that. No, absolutely. I'd get around the big fella. His stock's fallen, but hot's a juicy price. Smithy, you can lead us out, mate. It's been a genuine pleasure to everyone out there. Look after yourselves, and here is Smithy to sign us off. Yeah, thanks, boys. It has been a pleasure. Uh, week two of the NFL in the books. We will be back very soon for week three. Thank you for listening, but most importantly, stay safe, everyone.